filtered I, my vowels. I have wine. Wine. It looks like water. <laughs> All right, Jesus. Okay. it's That's some fucked up water if it's water. <laughs> That's well, really Ohio. pale wine. <laughs> it's white. It should be red. <laughs> Look, it is summer. It is summer, and the Boda Box is in the fridge. There we go. And it's it mm-hmm. gets you where you need to go for <laughs> not a lot of investment. There you go. There you the go. ROI Maybe that's what I should a... have gone uh, with because my grocery store experience tonight to get wine was wholly disappointing. Some wine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I haven't had to go shopping for wine in Michigan this whole time I was here. I'm very well taken care of. Stocked. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm also not drinking all that much. Okay. She, she can't hear you. I well, this is why I'm saying This is why oh we're god. waving. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> you're, you're making this awful. What are you? Stop it. You're. Oh. <laughs> okay. Everything about this is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yay, Kate's here. I just thought I'd come say hi before I put children to bed. And that probably means I will promptly fall asleep after that. Because she pre-gamed too. <laughs> and yes. she cannot handle as well. Actually, you're... Me neither. You're lightweight now too? I'm just too? sleepy. It's fine. I'm a, I'm a total lightweight right now. Toast lightweight. <laughs> All right. Yeah, to the point I had two glasses a little over a week ago, and I was And she's still feeling it. Silly. No, I was just very <laughs> silly that night. And Cherie hasn't been drinking all that much out in California either. So she and I were both like, one bottle of wine for two of us was hmm. Slightly tragic. Now we I need to rebuild tolerance. So that's what that's what tonight is starting. But I could not find any Shiraz in the mire in Michigan, which Shiraz. should not surprise me, but it frustrated me endlessly. Shiraz. Shiraz. <coughs> Gesundheit. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> what What does Miley Cyrus say on that thing? I don't know. It's just about the 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 journey as more important than that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was it. You got right it. Everything you got it. Right there. I can use vocal fry. I don't. <laughs> okay. Um, this is my show, right? Yeah, this is your show. You're, you're <laughs> driving. <laughs> <laughs> we are fucked. <laughs> what? <laughs> What is the what is the God damn it, I just watched it. What is the Hunger Games thing? Um May the odds be ever the odds, in your favor. Yes, may the odds be ever in our favor. I'm right. so glad that you, you're enjoying that experience. It was uh, so good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. it. Um now, is it is it high art? Probably not, but it was it definitely scratched the itch. Yeah. You know, we had this discussion in my beginning comp class today because the kids were, were doing a film scoring unit now that we're at the end of the semester and we've gotten through orchestration and they've got all their big projects and their portfolio to submit and everything. And and so we did this film scoring unit and uh, we watched the entire movie, Isle of Dogs, and um, talked about 
diegetic and non-diegetic and trans-diegetic and layered different diegetic in all of these um, short films that we were able to watch and things like that. And then we got to today and it's like, it's one of the last days of classes. If I give them too much new information, just know. So um, I did a run through of like Christopher Nolan as a director working with Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Mm. Yes. And specifically the movies where they really muck with time, the experience of time and how sound affects that. Love so we it. looked at um we looked at Inception. All right. We looked at Interstellar. Okay. And and Dude. and well, what? okay, okay. Well, all right, Rob, keep Rob's going. Got one more. What, which, what one was on Rob's like, which one are you obsessed with? Dunkirk. Oh, I did not show them Dunkirk. Yeah, but that's Dunkirk is one that he really goes hard into the the idea of like time and and like the ticking clock and multiple threads being told at the same time and 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 all yeah. that stuff. I mean, and I haven't actually seen Dunkirk, which is part of the problem. But I also think that in Dunkirk, it's a little more obvious. And in Inception, he did a little bit more to like, we all know it's there, but he did a little bit more to hide the layers. Mm. One of the students, I mean, like the point, the the reason I'm telling the story, though, is one of the students said we really should do a Spielberg and Williams day next week when we have, you know, And I said, well, okay. here's the thing. Why have I showed you Isle of Dogs instead of any of the other Wes Anderson things? Like, it's obviously artfully done very highly stylized and almost all of it's scored by display but isle of dogs is a work of art it's quite yeah. literally some of the best animation i've seen and the music is amazing and we can talk about how down how we've downplayed post uh, i'm sorry how we've downplayed leitmotif and how post minimalism comes into this and the line between cultural appropriation and appre- appreciation we can talk about all of that with this spielberg and Williams, 100% made blockbusters a recipe that could be easy to replicate. And they did so with brain popcorn. Very, like, entertaining. We love it. We're addicted to it. Trust me. I love it. But at the same time, it's not going to ask you to go the extra mile to figure it out. It is not Cloud Atlas. It is not Inception. Oh, oh Cloud Atlas. Oh, I know, I know, I know. But, like, that's one of those movies where you have to watch it a number of times. So I told them, no, we weren't going to do a Williams and Spielberg thing. We've already talked about Williams in terms of leitmotif, and I've showed them the 54-page PDF that that you found, Andrew, of all of Of the Star Star Wars Wars. leitmotifs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we've done that. We don't need to do those two as a team. If we're going to do teams, we're going to do ones that start to break out of that. And Zimmer, as much as like Zimmer is a brand now, more than an individual composer, because a number of composers working for him, I think that does give him the time to explore some of this higher level stuff in the projects he finds really important to him. So we just barely scratched the surface of Dune with like... Paul getting high for the first time on Spice, like literally in the desert and risking everyone's fucking lives and the sound warp that happens around it. <laughs> oh, the, so thing you were, the thing you were talking to me about this afternoon, I think, Jamie, you were talking to me about this afternoon with the with how the the different. Oh, the, the different, different textures. Yeah. From each. So it's it's beyond it's beyond leitmotif. 
like leitmotif is like political motive, right? area has a leitmotif that is a texture instead of a instead of a melody. So like mm. the Benny Gesserit have that whispering high women's voices. You can hear them saying Paul or you can hear them saying Jessica when when uh, somebody is approaching Jessica or Paul. Um, and the scene where hmm. Leto asks Jessica, are you going to protect my son? And no. she says, with my life. And he says, no, 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 not his mother, the <laughs> Bene Gesserit. So it starts with this sound world that is almost the Atreides sound world, the almost the Atreides texture. It's warmer, it's strings. But when he says the Bene Gesserit, the higher voice texture comes in. And then when she like basically recommits as like, yes, this is my purpose. It's the Atreides texture as well. It's just shy of including the fucking bagpipes that is the ultimate Atreides <laughs> texture for that movie. And so, <laughs> and so there's just like this deeply layered way of building character, po- political alignment through textures and not motives. And that's where Hollywood kind of currently sits instead of with the perfect fifth. <laughs> wow love him love him he did great things he allowed for this to happen so but... great so great but <laughs> so, love but... that for you <laughs> oh my god i love that for you johnny johnny w you're so great so great <laughs> anyway <laughs> well this this episode is off to a just a riot of a time what are we talking about <laughs> we are we are all recording right oh god oh, yeah. yes oh yeah okay, do you think good. i would have a diatribe without that on you know on record fair enough so um <laughs> after i reconfirmed that we were podcasting tonight and realized oh shit it's my episode i have to come yeah. up with questions um i i can and you know we can go through these we we typically go off on tangents anyway so i'm sure we'll we'll fill the time with something but i'm just (laughs) the void will be filled uh, i'm i'm prefacing like a student would as they come in for their lesson oh i've barely prepared i i I only spent like an hour on this so you know maybe i i I don't know like yeah (laughs) should we just like wait till next week (laughs) <laughs> why don't why don't you go and spend this hour doing something productive <laughs> so anyway i was um i was kind of thinking about you know like jamie you're at the very end of your semester andrew you are also like uh are you done done now or are you still this was the last day of finals week and last now it's finals. the mad rush to turn grades in by wednesday Yes, yes. And I, I did that a couple of weeks ago. So we're in my the, classes we're... end on Tuesday and I will also be turning my grades in on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> but I figure like we're in the we're in the season of assessment. Oh, so yeah. Yes. Oh, assessment. Ooh. Um, I know. I know. But why don't we turn that on ourselves and do Fuck. a little self assessment? Oh, self assessment. Self assessment. <laughs> Let's let's get the scantrons and get out our number two pencils and Rob. Can I can I bring up can I bring up you, you and you said you enjoy judge you enjoy judging others. I love judging other people. <laughs> judging yourself. That's hard. Actually, actually, of all things, we're probably the most critical of ourselves oh, as yeah. composers. Well, I mean, of the three of us, of the three of us, yes. I think I give I give other people way more leeway than I do myself. 
Totally. Totally. And I mean, I, you know, that's that's a very human well, you would hope it's a ja- human Jamie thing. looks a little. <laughs> Maybe that's not the Jamie. The Jamie way. I mean, way. it depends. Are they in the left lane? Oh, <laughs> threat of continuity. Fuck all these other kids out here. Like, <laughs> eh, fuck them kids. <clears throat> anyway, so, so I the in that in that lane, uh, these questions are kind of like assessment like self-assessment based questions uh relative to composition you know because like you say we are our biggest critics and you know when you are going when you are in a in a degree program you have that person up above you you know saying hey you're good at this you're not so great at that let's look at this next semester or whatever you know (laughs) <laughs> Did we record the point that Rob has pre-gamed? Yes. Okay. Pretty sure that's... Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. Um, <laughs> so anyway. Um, but when you, when you leave... Uh, when you leave the program and you're on mm. your own for the first time, or like us not for the first time but you know it's still it's still a big a big question like you really have to deal with like oh shit um i am my teacher now i am the one holding myself accountable i am the one that says am i am i achieving the goal i set out to or not um so some of the some of the questions are based on like being a composer some of them are being a composition teacher you know, which, uh, so we'll start, we'll start with the composition teaching thing. Um, to both of you, what is something you feel like you are strong with and something you were weak with in, in the teaching of composition? Mm. Like, what is your, like, hey, that's my lane and I'm in it right now. For Jamie, it would be the left lane. And everyone to get else get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> and then what's something that you're like, man, I wish I was better at that. Like, you know, like I wish I had that skill that I could give to students. Mm. Hmm. Oh, as far as the skill you can give them. I know what my personal weakness is, is like in the lesson that I wish I did better on a regular basis. Well, I was going to say, yeah, is this pedagogical or is yeah. this like compositional this is, technique that you're imparting? This is pedagogical. Well... Right. Right. I mean, uh, I would say like. Because like personally, I don't audiate very well in my own head. And I wish I mm. were so much better at it. But that's not something that like I see as a weakness in teaching to them. That is a. So so we'll get to I, that. Just okay. hang on to that. So that's not what you mean then. No, I mean like what's something that you know you teach really well to your students? And what's something that like. You know, someone comes in with a problem and you're just like, eh, fuck if I know, you know. Mm. Okay, so I feel like we always start with weaknesses. And honestly, this is one of the pedagogical things I think I do really well is my first two questions to every student. And this is this is one of my most endearing stories. This This always has little heart emojis around it because... One of the things I ask about every passage, about every piece, about everything that they bring in is, all right, what are its strengths? What are its weaknesses? 
And everyone starts with the, the weaknesses every single time they're new to me. Mm. And they will talk about what is at fault with their piece until they're blue in the face. But one of the things I do really quickly is, oh, yeah, you know what? I see that you've just started with the weaknesses. Why don't you start with what you love about this piece first? What is already going really well for you? And that does two things for me. First of all, it makes sure I don't touch the things that they enjoy about the music because it's not. I don't want them to write the music to my taste which sometimes I get, I will give something a red flag that is just something I don't like. But if they see it as a strength of their piece, I'm going to actually leave it alone. Unless it's like absolutely Unless it's detrimental. Pro- right, Unless right, it's detrimental. Yeah. But a lot of times, you know, you all know I'm a little bit bored by post-minimalism. And so I'm not going to shout out loud that this is the thing I hate about your piece and alienate that student from me immediately. So I want to know what they love and what they think is going well first, if for no other reason than it tells me what I need to be sensitive about going forward. Now, if they're not managing energy well and it's part of what they love about their piece is like all of the starts and the stops, I'm going to be like, cool, but that next piece... (laughs) You better believe that piece is going to be about momentum and you must go forward, child. (laughs) So go forth, (laughs) go forth, literally that way. (laughs) Um, So I really do enjoy and I have enjoyed that. You know, I think this has only been since I started at Fredonia. So this has only been in the last eight years that I ask these two questions pretty much every lesson about pretty much every passage. It's like, what's already going well? What do you see as a weakness? Because then I get to their questions about what they see as a deficiency really quickly. Mm. And I can work on that. So that is, I think, one of one of the... I mean, that's not even a technical thing. That's a human thing, you know? We are We are going to shred our artwork to pieces really easily and it's also my job to give them a bit of confidence in what they're doing and so that that's those are those are all of the reasons why now the thing that's endearing about this is I ask this so often that uh one of my students came in one week and he was like whoa you want to know what happened this week (laughs) I said Yeah. And he said, so I'm in the practice room and I'm writing and I ask myself, what are the strengths of this passage and what are the weaknesses of this passage? But I asked it in my head, in your voice. (laughs) And I I love that for right now. Eventually, you know, that fades away and this just becomes part of what they assess on a regular basis. What is already going well? What do I need to strengthen? Becomes something that's really ingrained in the way that they write and hopefully for decades they're still asking themselves what they love about their music so i'm gonna let andrew answer it before i talk about my weaknesses wow holy crap uh yeah uh, remi- what was the, what was the question oh, oh right. my no, never god mind. no i got i got i got this I got on the this. spot man um so I might, I might consider starting with my weaknesses just to, just to give, give like J- Jamie the Jamie the exam the the foil to Jamie's example. Um, I do an awful lot of abstract, broad, big picture because I make sure, like Jamie was talking about, that I do not have a stylistic imposition on my students. I honestly, I, I don't, I don't really care what they write. I care that they write. 
Um, yeah. Now, yeah. now, I hope to make them write the best that they can in this moment in the style that they're going for with the directive that they're that they're kind of engaged with. But um, I do not have the best way of of communicating aesthetic judgment to my students because I try so hard to avoid it completely to the extent where students know just after a few weeks of studying with me, you don't ask Dr. Smith whether or not he likes your music. <laughs> I, I literally have told students, no, that's not the question you want to ask me. <laughs> in, in the best Samuel L. Jackson kind of. <laughs> um, I that no that is not no that is you you do not want the answer to this question because <laughs> because either answer will be a problem for you. Yeah. Um, well, and you but, don't let anybody know what they actually think. There's like a few humans. What I, what I actually what I actually about think most of, things. Yeah, your opinions are very tightly guarded. Most people don't actually know what you think of them. Oh. oh. <laughs> He's deflecting because he knows I'm right. I think I think some people can tell. Um, the fact that there are moments where I think it would be helpful to get, to give a student like I don't want to say a harsh reality, but but the idea that humans have opinions and you're going to run up against people who have wildly different aesthetics for you who are going to offer their opinion if you ask them for it and. I think I am missing an opportunity to help my students develop mm, that the ability to take that criticism. Mm. I think I'm missing an opportunity to help my students do that by not by not focusing maybe enough in that particular area. Again, I want to stress that I don't think I'm just accepting of all the things. Yeah, but I'm but I'm but I'm very 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 guarded about revealing aesthetic bias. Why? Especially with what I've seen with undergraduate students or with people who are coming to composition for the first time, the thing that I've seen just completely shut down creativity the fastest is judgment. Okay. At at this point, they just need to write all the crap. And be willing to bring me all the crap. Because without it, I, ha I have not yet had a student where I've focused on quality over quantity that they've actually become a successful composer. Hmm. The most successful composers who have left my studio, we have focused on writing and process and their developing their voice, whatever that means in that moment as opposed to me passing judgment on their musical expression, even though I have a judgment about everything my students show me, because I'm human. <laughs> so I think that's, that, that actually might be a, that actually, you know, if I'm, if I'm being honest, that actually might be uh, an area of my pedagogy that I can improve upon. While, while kind of marrying it with my overall pedagogical approach i think there's a way that i can that i can try to incorporate that in the future to be a meaningful component of the process hmm. did any of that make sense that was me yeah. just going i yeah. was going i think so 
Hey, Rob. Yeah. Can, can I just give another strength? <laughs> what sure. the shit? You know, every uh, when when my family's God having dinner, it. when my family's having dinner, we do we do our daily like highs and lows. Mm. Like, what was your high today? What was your low today? And oh, I love some, that. Sometimes you don't have a low. So you're allowed to do another high. <laughs> Go ahead, Jamie. Do your no, second high. No, I am not going to princess park this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, I do. I do have another thing that I think I do particularly well on. So I'm going to mention it and then I'm going to run away from it. But um, getting students focused on seeking opportunities as a part mm. of the compositional job. Like yeah. that's. That is something my studios have done remarkably well. Um, yeah. And I am quite proud of those who took that aspect of my teaching seriously because we have quite the record in the Samson studio now for successes. And it's at an age where a lot of them just are not focused on it. They're just not looking for opportunities because they consider themselves student composers instead of... right. Novice composers or apprentice, apprentice composers. composers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're all still composers. You just are at a different level. I have failed more times than tr- you have tried. That is the only difference between where I sit and where you sit. That's exactly why I made it part of their grade. Like, you mm. have to do this. You have to do it. And it's it's based on their level. You know, the first two years, they only have to submit to one thing per mm-hmm. semester. Because they don't have anything. And oh, maybe, God, yeah. like, I don't actually like, require anything to like junior year. Uh, well, I do. Um, <laughs> they can Barely. find they can find that one thing. Yep. Yep. The chances uh, of them getting it is very little. Yeah. But that's okay. They're that's getting okay. they're into the habit. Then yeah. junior yes. and senior year, three things. Grad school, five things per semester. Mm-hmm. Get get the fuck out there. Yeah, like it's yep. it, like go. The year that I required all of my students to submit to the new music, uh, no, the I care if you listen essay contest. Two thirds of the winners were my students. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were great essays. That doesn't take away from them, but I had like, I had great odds. I had twelve students submitting to that. <laughs> you can't win if you don't take a shot. You can't that, win if you don't yep. take a shot. Oh man, now we just did we just invoke the lottery. <laughs> You yeah, there's that joke. Play. <laughs> there's that joke about like the man who goes to church every day and prays to win the lottery. And finally, after years, the statue comes alive and says, My son, buy a ticket. <laughs> that is how I feel about people who are like, I'm just trying to get my name out there. How do I do that? Submit to stuff. No, I mean like, how do I like get my name out there? Should I pay for ads on social media? Fuck no. No. <laughs> no. God, that's the worst. You show up places, you compliment other people, and you submit to call for scores. Dude. Genu- oh. Genuine, genuine compliments. Dude. So <laughs> in so all right. Columbus. Yes. We the the Johnstones, Zoe and Jack, mm-hmm. amazing, amazing people. Like they are a couple that loves to donate money to new music. They have a fund. They support a lot of ensembles. They have a concert series. They're amazing. Okay, mm-hmm. and I've been like, you know, I would send out these like, hey, 
you you guys should go up to these concerts. They have amazing people coming through. Go listen to these concerts. No one goes. Finally, I'm like, yo, I'm going to this concert. Who mm-hmm. needs a ride? Yep. And I take five or four students up with me. Yep. And they're like, oh my God, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. I was like, I know. Yep. Yep. The That's next a- the next month, several students go without me. I couldn't go because there was there was something. Like I, I just couldn't make it up there. And it was it was transient canvas. And it's like, I know mm. both of them. It's like, yep. oh, I want to go, but I couldn't go. The following month, this last month, I just go. I mean, school's over. I'm like, eh, I probably could say, hey, is anyone going to this? Does anyone need a ride or something? But it's like, eh, school's over. Whatever. I'm I'm standing in the um the lobby uh talking to Michael Rene Torres. And in walk two of my students. One has graduated already. Mm-hmm. You know? And they're like, oh, yeah, we're just coming to it. And I was like, you yeah. get it. And yeah. not only that, not only that, but they come out afterwards. Mm-hmm. They come and hang. That's yes. the most important thing. And I was like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. I finally got through to you guys. The hang is where it happens. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, like. It's so easy to Netflix and chill lately, right? Like that is that is probably the biggest thing for the past decade that has prevented audience growth. Maybe. Maybe that's a weird and bogus claim. But it's one of those things that like when Andrew and I when I graduated from Bowling Green, there were a couple of really cool art galleries opening in Toledo, Lasso and Gathered. And it was really hard for us to convince ourselves to get dressed up after a long week, go to an art exhibit opening 25 miles away from us, Mm -hmm. and make nice with these people we didn't know at all. And so we came up with this phrase, we have to be seen as a positive influence on our community. And in order to do that, we have to be seen and we have to be positive. And I'm sure people have heard us say this before on this podcast because we say it a lot. But it was one of those things where like when one of us didn't want to go, when one of us just wanted Netflix and a cat for the rest of the night, (laughs) the other one would say the phrase. It's not Netflix and chill. It's Netflix and cat. It is Netflix. That got really weird really quickly. It's not. I need, I miss my cats, okay? It's Netflix <laughs> really, and kitty. I really need a cuddle from one of my pets. I love the pets here. I am their primary caretaker for two weeks. I miss Coda, okay? Anyways, when one of us wanted to stay home, and that was almost every single time, the other one would say that phrase, and we'd both get dressed, and we'd haul our ass up to Toledo, and we'd be at this opening for 45 minutes or less. But we'd meet the owners, and they have become long-term artistic partners of ours. We called them a couple weeks ago at a project that we wanted to commission from them. It is something that, to this day, I am proud of. We did not have a huge, like, edgy contemporary music community in Toledo. In fact, at one point, we sat down with an artistic person, and they were like, oh, yeah, no, I know that you two are it. What do you want to (laughs) do? But... We did have an arts community and we became integrated in it so quickly and welcomed to it because we showed up on the 90 degree nights in fucking August in Toledo and oh my God, it was showing awesome. Showing up, showing, showing up. Up, showing yep. up is like the most important thing. Literally, so so the most important gonna, thing. 
Yeah, here's where I'm going to come in with with my strength. I I think if there's a pedagogical a strength, that, I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm you're not going to. We know it. It's fine. <laughs> no, I will. I will. Andrew, go ahead though. Um, I feel like one of the one of the skills that I have is is that ability to create a strong sense of community through through this process of enculturation. I do try to help my students blueprint, and I do try to kind of lead by example in the way that, Rob, you've just described. Like, I am going to this thing. Who is coming with me? Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Right? That it's like it, where there's almost like it's, it's the really, the, it, and it's not the most talented students. It's just this, the really good students are observant. Mm-hmm. They're observant and they're little freaking sponges and they will, or I could, I could use the, the analogy that they're a mirror, right? The, I've seen so many studios that reflect the qualities of their primary teacher for better or not better. Jamie, right? Jamie's face says not better. <laughs> And we're not doing names because we don't have to, right? Because it it happens to all of us, too, where we don't all have great days. And suddenly we're like, oh, shit, I'm seeing a quality I don't like about me manifesting in my students. I need to address that. I I am, if I'm allowed to pat myself on the back because you asked, I am pretty good at noticing and addressing those things within the studio. Mm. Yeah. I'll go because Jamie doesn't want to talk about her weaknesses. Oh, um, come on. Jamie, Jamie has no weaknesses. It's fine. <laughs> Jamie does have weaknesses. Jamie just also recognized them a couple years ago and started addressing them. So it is a little bit tough for me because for a very long time, harmony was it. I didn't know how to teach harmony in a lesson setting, and then I fixed it. So I'm, I'm having a hard time finding a replace, replacement for it. Other than sometimes I don't teach patience that well because I don't really know what that word means. <laughs> really? That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good one. <laughs> so, um, I'll, I'll, uh, do I, uh, I, I don't know. Like, can you do I, them both I, at once? Both I, at once. Do I, it. I usually fall right in the middle with you, and one did a uh, strength first, and one did a weakness first, and it's binary <laughs> choice. I can't really fall in the middle of that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so which. Really close friend are you of yours? Are you gonna follow Rob? Oh, please, please just pick Jamie, please. <laughs> no pressure. I'll go with Jamie. Um, <laughs> That's an excellent choice. It is an excellent choice. Um, wait, my computer will restart. N- no. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh, oh. No. Uh. What? Huh? Oh God. <laughs> It said my computer. Oh no! Can you guys still hear me? Yes. Yeah. My screen says this update will take several minutes to complete, and the screen will turn off for a minute. Okay. All right. Are you still recording? Maybe. I I don't know. I can't see if I'm recording or not. We are. We are going to find out. This is going to be so exciting. This is not exciting to me. Yeah, I need more wine anyways. I shouldn't have more wine. I'm gonna go get it. I'm gonna leave mine recording though. There he goes. Oh. Oh. 
One of those pictures is going to be great. I didn't take any. I did. Oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to get in real trouble? You tell me what my, my weaknesses are as a teacher. Oh, that is not oh. happening. No, 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 no. <laughs> Danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> no, no. Um, Honestly, I think you and I talk about it so much about... Yeah. Our own oh, about, oh, oh, yeah. our, concerns about our, about our own teaching and bounce ideas off of one another so frequently that I think that's why I'm having a hard time with it. It's not that I think I'm a perfect teacher. We all know how much I hate fucking grading. Yeah. But that's not a compositional pedagogy thing. Like comp, comp wise, I address my issues so fast because we're all talking about our problems. Right. And I feel like that's part of been part of like Corona tones as well. We've Corona talked about tones. our weaknesses there. So, yeah, probably should have saved that for when Rob was back oh, on. Oh, huh? Speaking of, no shit. We will admit the Rob. Eh. 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 Can't hear you, Peach. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, uh, well, I will save. There. It love is. It. I love it. I love everything about it. Like, seriously. They gave me three seconds. Like, how how long was I? Ah, oh, ah, oh. Yeah, it was short. But, you know, the other thing is, like, I find that my computer forces that restart when I've told it. No, restart tomorrow. No, restart tomorrow. No, restart tomorrow for about two weeks. So, Rob? <laughs> well, no, this, I, again, I knew this was coming, but I really thought it would be later at night. They didn't ah. put a time to it. Got it. Like, <sighs> it's Friday night after the semester has ended. You are the only person. No, you're the only person on your laptop in the entire University of Ohio University. No, Everybody else is having a good Friday night. Ugh. Off of the computer. Hey, we're having a good off Friday of night. the computer. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, you're right. We are. All right. Calm down, Andrew. Okay. Where was I? I have no fucking clue. You were, you were, you were talking about. Oh my your strengths and weaknesses. My and strengths gonna, and weaknesses. Yes, you were gonna start off with a strength because you were following a Jamie's strength. Lead. What was that strength? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great. <laughs> oh well, Jamie, you were you were talking about before about like teaching harmony and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would say uh, it's not one of my strengths, and uh, I think we'll find out. Well, anyway, it, it but um, something that I. Okay, I'm going to go to a weakness. I'm sorry. I, I just got to go to a weakness. Oh, did you see that? Did you see that left turn to Albuquerque? The flip. The flip. Uh, the, f- the weakness, I feel like, is because the skill is one of my strengths. I, uh, I struggle to teach people how to develop their rhythmic language because it comes so naturally to me. That is fair. Um, you know, it's, it's often like 
yo, this this needs to be rhythmically more interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, how do I do that? I don't know. You just fucking do it. Like, what do you want from me? You just be more rhythmically interesting. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> like, and I feel like when I do this, and I, of course I don't say st- stuff like that. Of course. I, I leave all the fuckings out. <clears throat> Although, you know, I find I embody my my father when i when i go to this place because this is getting deep it is going it is getting deep because he was tasked when i was in high school but more so when my sister was in high school when we would have math homework trouble Mm. it was go to your father and my father Loved the phrase, it's as plain as the nose on your face. (laughs) To describe why we weren't getting a concept. Because he (laughs) he was a horrible, he was and is a horrible teacher of anything. He doesn't know how to teach. He doesn't want to know how to teach. Mm. That's fine. He has the information. It's for him. It's not for anyone else. If you don't understand it, fuck you. And he knows this. Like, my (laughs) sister and I have given him shit for the past at least 20 years for me and, you know, 28 or 30 years for her. Um, But... With rhythm, I kind of go to that place. I was like, why can't you just get this? <laughs> like, what do you want me to tell you? Like, it's it, it it it's like I find it's like trying to teach a drum set player feel. Yeah. You you don't have it. Like, I can't teach it to you. You either have it or you don't. Well, this is also the biggest issue i find with people who are oral skills teachers with perfect pitch if you have not had a c plus at midterms and had to survive through it i don't think you should be teaching oral skills (laughs) like you you've not taught me how to you've not had to struggle that way and therefore you don't understand so much of your class you don't understand what they're having to work towards so that like just do it mentality yeah. um, is not good pedagogy. And, and I know like oral skills has, <laughs> has, I'm sorry, Rob, that was not about you. That was definitely. No, no he identified it as a weakness. It's fine. We all know it's clear. No, that, that's, that's a hundred percent the weakness I see in oral skills. And unfortunately at so many institutions, oral skills is one of those classes that's just like oh yeah oral skills one oral skills two just find you know an applied teacher that doesn't have enough kids in their studio and here you go yep yep and that's where the kids who can't hear it and need to figure out different devices really suffer yeah yeah you're totally right and i mean there have been times where i'm like yo you need to go join like the world music ensemble or Mm. something you need to go to a place where rhythm is the only thing yep because grant the majority of the time these people are single line instrument people i hate to say it it's usually the lower instruments too 
because we're what, giving oopas right. for a really, yeah, exactly. really large part of our history. Exactly. You haven't played anything that is actually rhythmically interesting. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm it's sorry. No, 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 it's true. It was my first year of grad school where I finally figured out rhythm. And that was because I was playing. You ready for this? <laughs> You're going to be horrified. Let's hear it. I was playing Mario Brothers medley <laughs> for bassoon trio. And I oh was the God. third part because I was brand new. Mm, and you know where the third bassoon played? In all in the, of the first yeah. and second bassoonists' rests. <laughs> so it's all Pocketing. still in, It yeah. was. And it was still all in 4-4. And it was still, like, simple for them. And I am counting like my fucking life depends on I got done with that performance. And somebody was like, I had no idea your rhythm was that good. And I was like, neither did I. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I find that, like, when someone, uh, when a student brings in something that is just, it's, you know, it's too much of the same, it's too simple, you know, there there are some things I can say, but at the end of the day, when I'm like, you know, this needs to be, this need this is lacking the energy, this needs to be more complex, this needs to have drive, I feel and, like that could be helped with a playlist of really gestural composers like Gubitalina and Fagerlund and these people who depend on causality and to like ride up to some of their higher levels of of arrival points. Like well, I mean, really that, that, rhythmic writers when you get down to it. Yeah, and I mean that that I I have to say like uh like many things I bring to you guys, it's often selfish in terms of getting some techniques that make me better um <laughs> and hopefully i can offer you guys something here, too on your to weaknesses We're here to share yeah <laughs> here to share but but yeah that that's that's definitely part of it um and i and i also feel like the the absolute best teacher is actually putting something into your own hands so you feel it at, at a physiological level yeah. like the rhythm yeah. is in you and that's what that's what studying percussion does for you. That's why I'm like, when they say, well, how do you just come up with these rhythms? I'm just like, I don't know. I just fucking come up with them. Like, my hands just do it. Like, and it's because I've had, you know, decades of training in rhythm yeah, and right. only rhythm that I can just do it. And it's like, you don't have that. You should get into a situation where you do have that because playing on one and three all the time because you're the oomp to someone else's pa <laughs> that's not gonna do it for you no you know you need to get into something where you use your hands it's not just those large ensembles either one of the one of the groups that i have the hardest time with rhythmic and gesture wise is guitars Oh God! Yeah, because they're so rooted in foreign floor. <laughs> like, um, and I and I honestly teach lessons in causality, starting with Gubitalina, going to Fagerlund, and ending with McClure. What? I do. I do. What? I see. I see. Actually, you and I both. This isn't a visual medium, but Rob is turning red, Aww, and it's not from the alcohol. No. <laughs> I do see both you and I as being part of the lineage of really gestural composers. Sorry, mm. Andrew, you are, but you're a miniaturist, so I don't teach yours in quite the same oh, way. Oh, hell with you all. 
right okay, I was trying something... to be nice, but fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> write something longer than three minutes, Andrew. I did. It's just a series of like 17 three-minute pieces. <laughs> but, but... When I'm teaching this now and I'm trying to get students introduce the idea of causality where small gestures lead up and ride up levels of larger gestures like inception. Boom. Back Bang. To the Full circle. Um, I, I am teaching Gubitalina Fagerlund, McClure, and Samson. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a good okay. combo. I like it. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's a weakness. I, I feel like I... I I lack the skills to teach rhythmic writing because it just comes so naturally to me. Now, a strength of what? A strength. A strength. (laughs) (laughs) We had that long, long pause where the wine kicked in. Um, A strength of uh of my my teacher i i really do feel like i am a pretty good judge of like yo this needs that this needs this this isn't long enough this needs to be shorter you need to like put this there put this here like i feel like i'm a pretty good judge of and I think Jamie, you would you would term you would call this like energy management or or something it's funny like because that. that's all part of the same set of lessons for me. Energy management and causality are linked. So your rhythmic development is also part of the way that you manage energy. Yes, that is correct. I would call it energy management. And I think yeah, like you and you and Andrew and I all have tastes that align as far as like, when should this grow more? When should this, my God, you've spent forever in this section. It's only interesting for the first 48 seconds. And Something then you need needs to change. to change, please. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like we all have very strong. I don't care strong, what it is at this point. We have really strong opinions about it, but they all also align, which I think is why we are one another's biggest fans. Yeah. I've always taught this from an entrepreneurship perspective of like your, your fans are not going to end this weird to say as a composer that you have fans, but you do. And your fans are the people whose tastes align with yours musically. And that is going to be true whether you are listening to Bon Jovi, Taylor Swift, Gubitalina, McClure, or New Child, who we haven't met yet. Can we please have a playlist that is that? I probably do. Coming to you, dear listeners. We're halfway there. Whoa! Um, I got a blank space, and I'll write your name. <laughs> the the interesting thing I want to bring up about this, is, I think, I think it's interesting, Sorry. is that uh, while we might have the same kind of general taste, like our music does not sound the same. No, no. no. Like I would not confuse any no, of our music. No, I d- you're right. I don't think right? our music sounds no, the same. No, but we have a really similar taste for like how energy should unfold. And that has nothing to do with personal style so much as it right? does a satisfying arrival point. And Wait, that... that's on music. Yes. Yes. Music. There is there is some underlying thing, and I, this is a this is a hill I'll die on. There's some underlying thing that ties all of the successful, disparate, stylistic pieces together that are that are successful. Mm-hmm. 
they successfully music. Ah, <laughs> oh, you musicked all over that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Why? It's, it's, a, it's a verb. You can make it a verb. Well, you can make that, sure. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I, do, I really do feel like that is one of my strengths with students is to be able to, like, diagnose and say... And honestly, that was that was one of the my my absolute favorite things one of my teachers gave to me was mm-hmm. was that thing of just like yeah. getting in with a scalpel and dissecting and say make a slice here, pry it open and put two more measures right there because you mm-hmm. need it. It's yeah. not enough yet. Take this sli- you you need to excise this like I, I I don't know five beats. If you take five beats off this, it will be that much more satisfying. Yeah. Like so much more satisfying. So I feel like, and and the teacher that gave me that is Shi Hui Chen. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my God, yeah. she was a wizard at looking at something and just knowing exactly how much to take off or exactly how much to add and where. And honestly, that's you know. I feel like that's one of the hardest things for young composers is timing, proportion, management of energy, all yep. those things. And that's what Shihui gave me. And I am forever grateful for it. And it's the shit that we usually get to not first, which I think is ass backwards. Yeah. Like, we all get like pitches. They're obsessed with with notes and harmonies. And where some of them should be obsessed with rhythm. Show me your fucking dynamics. Right? And articulations and Get the dice out. How how long? How long does this last? Oh, by the way, Rob, you mentioned dissect and scalpel and diagnose. And now I will forever have you linked with house in my mind. Like you are you are just the house of composition pedagogy. How's that? For all of our Gen Z listeners, that was a TV show. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do we have any of those? I'm I don't think so. Oh, man. Oh, man. This is strictly millennials listening to this. Yeah, probably. So I love, uh, I love it when Gen Z looks at me and they're like, oh, you're having a millennial moment, aren't you? <laughs> it happened today in class as I was talking about Jurassic Park. Mm, mm, such a good movie. Violet wore Kate's Jurassic Park T-shirt uh, to school yesterday Aww. because they share clothes now. <laughs> That's my nine-year-old is sharing clothes I, with my wife. I don't. I I don't comprehend. Okay, does not compute. I does not compute to me either. It's, it's totally fine. Normal. All right, and... Jamie. Do you have a weakness or no? Should I thought we just... I said my weakness like a, an hour weakness? ago before your computer crashed. I, I time doesn't exist. It was. It was. And Andrew and I talked a little bit about this during the break, which I don't mind you including, or we can just go with this. Whatever. Um, it is hard for me to come up with a weakness, mostly because I see so many of them in my teaching that I bring them to all of you all the time. And I'm, mm. I'm constantly hunting after, like, how do I fix this? How do I fix that? I don't think I teach this well. I, I you know, in 2015, 2016, I was like, I don't know harmony well enough to do this. And not like, I don't know, 451. Obviously, I'd have to be 
a brick to not understand how to teach them four five one. But the um the abstraction and modernization of four five one that I worked really hard to correct for, you know, from 2017 to a couple years ago when I finally got to the point where we were teaching set class harmony the way we like it now. So it's one of those things that we're like, yes, I still have weaknesses as a teacher. I hate grading. I procrastinate grading <laughs> like it's my job. And it's not. It's the opposite. That's funny. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But, um, but that's one of those things that, like, I I have a hard time with the weaknesses in the classroom because so much of them are things that I see so quickly that I try and diagnose and talk out with other people rapidly. So my 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 current weakness as a comp teacher might just be that like I'm out of patience for the semester. <laughs> I am out. You come in, oh, I had like a, you know, unmotivated week. Don't give a shit. Show me your measures. You know, that's the type of thing where, like, I have endless amounts of empathy until that sentence leaves your face. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> um, For all our Gen Z listeners. <laughs> no, don't give them that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've just, I've been particularly tenacious because my first couple years of teaching reviews were so bad not compositionally yeah and it wasn't about me so much as it was about they just hate taking it so yeah i'm having a i'm having a hard time coming up with a thing but that's because i'm always trying to self-correct as fast as possible to prevent any sort of that criticism happening again which is right Probably something I'll talk about in therapy one day, but hey, I'm on the brink of not teaching for a prolonged amount of time. So I got no weaknesses left, baby. Hooray. <laughs> I have right. one Monday left at an institution until Woo. like forever. Yeah, bitches. Because there's no uh -oh. summer Mondays at Interlochen. <laughs> we have no classes on Mondays. They start on Tuesday. They end on Saturday. I have no Mondays left except for one. And that one's going to be a quiz and a movie day. What movie are you going to show? Mm. I'm not entirely sure yet. Based on based on the conversation that they wanted to like get into another pair of um, director-composers, I think maybe I'm going to find Rachel Portman's collaborators and talk about her. Oh. Okay. She's got a really distinct sound that like... That early 20th century type of film. I'd love to dig into who she collaborated with and do a little In bit. In terms of style, like period film. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She had the right sound for it. All right. So we talked about um, being a teacher. Now let's bring it into ourselves as composers. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> ah, Self-assessment. Um, what, uh, what is an area... That you feel like you have a knowledge gap in? Rhythmic development. <laughs> um, now. Creating satisfying length. <laughs> you, know that, you know that TikTok? I say this to Kate all the time. You, you know that, that TikTok sound where it's like, this is bullshit. 
What'd you say? This is bullshit. <laughs> like the kids saying it. Yep. Yes. That's yeah. what this is, right? <laughs> Dig in deeper. <laughs> Dig in deeper. Wow. Um, right now it's um regular practice. Right now, it is getting the time to actually sit down and and work on. No, 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 That that is not a knowledge gap. That is. That's true. A practice gap, though, that I'm really vulnerable about. That is circumstance. That's not something that you can't do. So, I'll I'll go first. Since I asked the question. Um, and I, I had two categories for this, acoustic and electronic. Oh. Nice. Um, I'll start with electronic. I don't, cannot teach, do not understand, and this is, <laughs> I feel very vulnerable saying this. <laughs> we already had our vulnerability episode. <laughs> no, this is the vulnerability part two, fucker. <laughs> like, this is it. <laughs> This is part two. If you don't can believe we make, that, you have can we make, can we make that the title? Vulnerability part two, fucker. <laughs> yes, <Jeez>. please. <laughs> I am exposed here. <laughs> I'm not okay. <laughs> so electronically, ambisonics, I just like, I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. Yeah. No, it's just like, it's one of those things where... I feel like it would be beneficial, but it's a steep enough learning curve and it would force me into another program that I don't want to learn to just use it. Like Ambisonics works really well in Reaper. Great. Great for Reaper. Nothing else works in Reaper. Like, ouch. (laughs) I'm sorry. Like when it comes to a program that you get a ton of sh- not and it's not for free obviously you have to pay for it but you get a ton of really like, really really good shit built into the program i'm sorry logic has everyone else beat yeah like yeah. reaper the plugins are fucking terrible so if we're talking about if i want to learn ambisonics because presently, and I could be wrong about this, I haven't really kept up with it, but presently, I don't really think there's a way to do ambisonics easily in Logic. I mean, I'm sure there's a fucking workaround or something, but I don't really want to, like, I don't really want to get into it. So, it would cause me to go to Reaper. It's $60 for a reason. Like, you have to spend so much more money getting it up to the level of Mm. other DAWs that it's like, what's the point? So, Mm. when it's like, oh, I've got this 8-channel piece, you know, and everyone's like, oh, I've got my ambis. What's your format? I'll decode it. I'll decode my ambisonic piece for your format. And I'm like, eh. Mm. I'll, I'll be okay with just presenting it in stereo. You know what I mean? It's like, th- that's the, and uh, that being said, I have heard some pieces that were originally done in Ambisonics and then decoded to the the format that we're listening to. And it's like, wow, that's fucking great. Mm. You know, like Eli Stein um, has this piece 
uh, I think it's where memory, where water meets memory or memory meets water or something like that. I can't remember. It's on the new Seamus CD coming out. But his Wait. his piece, it it was incredible. Like, I, and we did it, uh, have we done it in concert yet? I, I don't know if we've done it in concert yet, but I've definitely shown it to my students in 8-channel. Um, he sent me an 8-channel version of it. And I'm like, fuck, this is really good. Like, the motion that you get in this piece is really, really good. Um, uh, you know, the, the spatialization. And, you know, I, I asked him like, what are you, what are you doing? Oh, Ambie Saunders. And it's like, that's the, that's the tantalizing thing where I'm like, oh shit, that seems like it's pretty good. But at the same time, I could use these other eight channel tools and maybe get the same effect, but maybe not. I don't know. It, I guess it's splitting hairs in the end. I honestly, the, here's the point. I don't give a shit who uses what program. The, the as long as you can do what you're going to do, it's fine. That. Like, the strength that you really have going for you is that you're a really good composer no matter what medium it is. So... Like, if the if the technique in electronic music isn't there, everything else will be. Yeah. yeah. And it will make up for that's that's a lot of problem with, you know, younger electronic music pieces is they lack technique and they also lack composing chops. That's also why there is some benefit to being outside of that, the the obsession with a tool. Mm -hmm. Because when everyone is obsessed with that tool, I, I mean, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I have, I have projects that are potentially in the works where I am specifically utilizing antiquated or um, outmoded systems because they're going to generate the material that I want them to generate, the workflow is going to be shit. Because it's going to it's going to it's going to take longer than, you know, oh, well I could just I could just I could just like push a button and get this similar type of sound. I'm like, yeah, you'll cargo cult the similar type of sound, but I have granular control over all of the parameters that I want to. Mm -hmm which in the end will give me the result that I'm looking for. Yeah. Are we still on me? I feel like we're still on me. Um, What's the question? <laughs> the the knowledge, knowledge gap. Knowledge gap. <laughs> um, mine is definitely tech technique as well. So like mine, mine looped into yours, but mine was why I have a, a knowledge, such an extreme knowledge gap right mm. there. I would say, like, acoustically, and this isn't, I wouldn't call it a gap necessarily. It's just, I wish I was more adept um, at it, uh, is actually harmony. Um, I, use, I, I, I have, I feel like I've, I've hit on a bunch of tricks recently mm -hmm. um, to get me to where I want to go. But, you know, I look at, I look at my friend Ben Krause, who has, you know, he's a pianist, he has a jazz background. He can just sit down and play harmony 
and make it really good and really interesting every single day of his life. And I am so envious of that ability where he he speaks in the language of harmony you know Mm. and it's you know we all do different things it's fine you know he is who he is i am who i am but i do like that is one thing where i feel like you know there's a there's a little uh um anxiety there or something you know like i wish i was better at that i wish i was i i wish i was innately better at it without having to use some of the tricks i use but i guess the opposite argument of that is he's using tricks too mm-hmm. his tricks are yep. just different than my tricks yep and and some of those tricks like 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 you're talking about are innate to a person this goes back to your first question honestly really really it's just all the same question uh, it kind of uh is. the idea that you know you're you the tricks that you currently have in one area that you have a proclivity for or a talent, whatever that word means in, uh, you know what you're doing, but you haven't taken the opportunity or haven't been forced to actually unpack that in a way that you need to communicate that to somebody else. You just do it. It's not that you don't know how you do it. You can't articulate how you do it because you've never had to. Mm. Whereas somebody else or something that you're not as innately good at, you had to articulate a process mm. yeah. to get yourself to think about it and and execute it in a way that delivers a result you're looking for. Yeah. Orchestration. Mm. Okay. I have not done enough large ensemble work. Um, Me neither. And I'm really... Also a situational thing, right? Yep, yep. Like, I come did on. not write four ensembles I, ne- I didn't know were going to get performed. So I spent a good <laughs> yeah. part of my 20s writing for really fucking weird ensembles and then didn't start really solidifying standard ensembles until early 30s. And now I'm just getting into large ensembles, it feels like. I have one orchestra piece and one band piece. Me too. That, that are staying in the catalog. Like, I got a couple of other things that are special projects that are, um, they're, they, I mean, they're still going to exist, but I am on the brink of being terrified about a thing that we start, we all start next month because some have, of us start next month. <laughs> that's true. Um, we're all officially allowed to start next month. Um, we still haven't announced it yet. Uh, but uh, hopefully by the time this podcast comes out, we'll have announced it. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I set a goal because I feel really aimless without them. So, you know, I think, I think we've probably talked on here before about the level of crazy that my goal setting is at. I do have an Excel file that looks at every year of my life up to age 80. And I am able to put goals in multiple areas. So oh, maybe I haven't talked about yeah, it. Yeah, I've Rob's seen it. We're not, wow. We're not, we're not, no, yeah. no, yeah, we don't know. We don't know about this Excel file. Okay, wow. So I have an Excel file that, I mean, it's a numbers file now because I don't have Excel on my computer anymore, but I have a numbers file that looks at compositional, performance goals, um, personal uh, language, because that's one of the big areas of my life. Um, 
applications and, and awards I want to apply for. And I mean, like, not everything is filled out up to 80. Um, oh, number of performances a year and like income is also on there. So like just kind of like pipe dreams of stuff that I want to achieve. And I look at the number of years I have. And I don't make a concrete plan really beyond like five years, but I can see a lot more. And this year was the soft goal for getting, or I'm sorry, next year was the soft goal for getting a level three or above orchestra concert or orchestra performance. I push these goals early on purpose to make myself think about it, to make myself strive towards it. I probably don't meet more goals than I set. I mean, like, than I than I do meet on this giant file <laughs> of of the overview of the lucid years of my life, or at least but what I hope Im- to be. But the important thing is that they're there. They're, they're there, they're and I can there see to them reach and, for. Yep, you can reach towards them. Um, but this one snuck up on me and I accidentally achieved it and I am worried about it because I feel like there's a gap between my understanding of the way that Fagerlund and Gubadalina use energy and the way I practice my use of energy. And I am worried. I am vulnerable about it. Well, there are other people that... That is the magic of the collective right now is that is that um, we're all going to be in this together. And um, unlike ships passing, which I basically panicked and wrote in a closet, um, <laughs> like, that premiered and Rob was like, there's an image. I, I, Rob at the night of the premiere was like, Jamie, I've called you about four different pieces and panicked about them over the phone with you and you didn't talk to me about this piece at all i haven't heard a measure of it and i was like yeah yeah <laughs> there was there was some real big scaries about this one that i could not say out loud even to the person that i bounce my compositional ideas off of like i really shut it down for that piece and just fever pitch wrote it <laughs> yeah well don't do that this time i'm not i can't do that this time i mean Yay, ship's passing turned out great, but Hooray. that was that was that was uh, I don't trust myself to do it again. Yeah, Andrew, you've been noticeably quiet throughout this entire thing. I think that's because you been and watching I took it happen. Over. This, this is this is li- this is literally the gap. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I could make the joke and and just be just like, no, no, I don't have any, I don't have any knowledge gaps. Um, well, my my thing is, um, I am I am basically not satisfied with my knowledge of anything that I do. No, I'm serious. I basically look at my entire compositional existence as one big knowledge gap. So I feel like every that's not true. Oh, unpack what? what That's do you th- not what do you true. Think you know how to be a miniaturist. You know how to be an algorithmic composer. Yeah, you, no, I don't think I have either of those things. You no, know, it's not true. It's not. It's, you're Here's looking it's, for. Hey, you're looking for perfection. And you, of all people, say there are like, no perfect pieces. I know. I know. Except. 
What? Your excitement over your soprano and woodwind quintet piece disproves your logic, sir. Oh, oh, uh, wait, why? Why? <laughs> yeah, why? I don't know where we are. <laughs> if you actually disliked your compositional technique in that piece, you would not have been able to listen to it on loop. Snap. Well, um, there were there were there were things that went I think the thing that I find really fun about that is there are things that went surprisingly well given how closely that particular piece incorporates a lot of my own idiosyncrasies that I didn't necessarily expect to work. That's yeah, that's basically that. Yeah, I like. This is all a deflection. I, I listen. I listen to that piece, and I'm like, oh, you know, this is probably the piece that reflects most of my quirky personality. Whatever those particular traits are that that we want to list off, they're in that piece, and I think they're actually in the places that I think they they work the best in they 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 appear at their at their most advantageous in that particular piece and that that tickled me but in general i don't i don't feel that way about most of the pieces that i write how can you how can you i i that that is something that i don't understand and i have never understood about people where they're like oh i don't like anything i write you know and yet they still do it i mean why I am generally with the pieces that leave and go out in public. Uh, I am happy with the way they are, and I am willing to abandon them to the whims of other humans. I think you also just feel the anxiety of slight imperfections, maybe a little bit higher than than we with the egos do. Here, here again, here, here again. Do as I say, not as I do. Students, I make it. I make it a point to tell all my students, I do not believe in perfect pieces. I, I yeah, you, we you want to be able to. F- and I strive for the moment where I'm gonna get it. Right. I'm gonna get my piece right. It ain't gonna happen, folks. But boy, I'm there. I'm, I mean, I'm there for it. The odd thing is. To me, who has seen your entire career, by the way. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I Yeah. Like, from your clarinet quartet on, I've been here, right? She is wah, the wah. OG. The, that's is right. Is that you've always had pieces that are pristinely performed. You've always had pieces that have such clarity that the audience falls for them. And you've always had difficulty accepting them. So go to fucking therapy. (laughs) (laughs) I echo Jamie's sentiment. (laughs) This is is getting deep. Because, like, honestly, honestly, I had a really huge inferiority complex when we started dating. Because I did not think that I would be a composer who stood on the same stage, let alone sometimes bigger stages than you. Because your skill level was always really what it needed to be for the level of the piece that you were asking to be done. And this is hilarious because I routinely tell the people that we, uh, that we interact with or meet that you are the better composer. I routinely tell people that Jamie is the better composer. She certainly has a better ear for color. And... Uh, and gesture in a lot of ways, 
but uh, Jamie's the better composer, and my sister, still to this day, I'm convinced is the better performer than I am. You hear that, Allie? I know you don't listen to the... You, no, you we listen to We are two hours into this episode. Allie is not here anymore. <laughs> well, once I throw out three quarters of what I have to throw out, we're going to be dead at... We'll be at a nice trim 45 minutes. <laughs> I did not say that much, okay? There was so much shade that was thrown in this episode that no one is ever going to hear. Okay. All right. All right. It's about 10% of what I've had to live through, but cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... All right. I, I don't... Do we even need a last question, or... Well, let's do let's do maybe a speedier round. Let, let's, let's do one more. Oh, light, lightning round. One more. Um, what... And this comes back to teaching, so we don't have to look so inward... Uh, on this one what is the one composition technique that the majority of your students learn like your go-to when they come in either with nothing more often Mm. than not or Mm. they need something new Mm. are we in this episode far enough that i can say something wildly inappropriate (laughs) absolutely (laughs) <laughs> writing melodies with a satisfying climax okay you're not hitting it no, there's you're not nothing there appropriate about that it's entirely appropriate really <laughs> entirely appropriate really they're not achieving the proper level of climax entirely appropriate okay most melodies are really cute intros mm. And they are really cute intros for six weeks of lessons. And I drive students crazy because I won't let them move on to writing a piece until they have written a melody with a arrival point in it. Teaching them the idea of process, like coming back to like what we teach them artistically. Fine, fantastic. But teach what we teach them about the process of creativity is hopefully what's going to stick through their stylistic development. And so that's why the way that you slice and dice and create the space for the appropriate amount of growth within a piece, right? Um, And the way that I latch on to melody and, and each one of our different processes for asking them the right questions to get to like the ultimate process question, which is what's next? What do I fix next? What do I write next? What is this next step that I take with the piece? Even if that next step is abandonment because it's done enough. (laughs) I can't fix the rest of its imperfections. Those are the things that I hope my students walk away from. It is not that I taught them to put a triangle strike at the pinnacle of an arrival point. I don't, care about that triangle i care about oh i know it was in my own piece i'm referencing body electric from (laughs) a decade ago (laughs) like that is one of my proudest orchestration moments okay one of my big weaknesses but the the what i hope they walk away from is not that i have strengths and weaknesses of my teaching or i have strengths and weaknesses of my own writing it is through Asking these questions relentlessly in a particular process of schmerg or grandlined or whatever, that that is how they will 
successfully go through each of their stylistic periods of their life and stay true to everything we taught them as well as their own artistic goals. Boom. Well, shit, I don't want to follow that. Good, because <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> we'll just leave it there. <laughs> I can see both of your faces going like, yeah, this is the sentence we're going to end with. <laughs> Thanks for listening. As always, if you want to find out more about adjective new music or lexical tones, please go to our website, www.adjectivenewmusic.com.